Hello, and welcome to ROE 17 Pod. My name is Molly Allen, and I am the Assistant Regional Superintendent of Schools for ROE 17. Today on the pod is Marie Elena Gozer, a special education teacher at Cedar Ridge Elementary School in Unit 5. Marie Elena was named the 2022 Illinois East Central Teacher of the Year by the Illinois State Board of Education's Those Who Excel Awards. Welcome, Marie Elena. Glad to have you. Can you tell us a little bit about your educational background? What interested you in becoming a teacher? So I was fortunate to, my dad was a teacher. He taught history and I had a close aunt that was also a special education teacher. My mom's brother, my uncle Tom had Down syndrome. So I grew up kind of around that world and he is probably one of my biggest inspirations to get into the field of special education. In high school, I decided to volunteer in our life skills classroom, and that pretty much sold me that that was the the field I wanted to go into and the role I wanted to pursue. I got my undergraduate degree from Youngstown State University in Ohio, which is where I grew up in Youngstown. And so I had a special education degree with a minor in Spanish. And I always say I was in the right place at the right time because my husband's Dan moved here a year prior to me finishing my undergraduate degree. So I knew that I was going to move to Illinois and started looking for jobs. And Cedar Ridge wanted a special education teacher that could speak Spanish. And so I applied and I feel very fortunate to have begun my career at Cedar Ridge and that I've been able to continue my career. I've been there this is going into my 14th year of teaching and I have been able to be there the entire time. And I love our Cedar Ridge family um, that includes staff, our students, our families. It's just a really special place to be. Oh, that is fantastic. My dad was also an educator and some of my favorite people have Down syndrome. So that's really a neat, I love everyone's story about how they get into education. It's always so insightful about how teachers really do touch lives and families. So as you said, you are a bilingual special education teacher for Unit 5. Can you explain to our listeners what a bilingual classroom experience looks like? What is a typical day for you? Absolutely. So I'll give a little background. Bilingual classrooms can really look different depending on the type of programming that's being implemented in that district. And so in Unit 5, I'll speak to what I know about Unit 5. Previously, we had a transitional program, meaning the instruction began in Spanish or this child's native language or home language. And as the student got older, the transition to English would occur. So you had all of your instruction, especially those literacy, reading and writing, begin in Spanish, your sounds, your words, all of those things. And then by the middle of second grade, third grade, you were starting to add in English and transition more instruction to English. As the grades move forward, that from third through fifth, the instruction would continue then about 50, 50 English and Spanish. But we were finding that really students were losing their home language rather than gaining English in addition to keeping their Spanish. And so we've made the decision to move to a one-way immersion dual language program. And it doesn't make a whole lot of change for now, other than the fact that our instruction, instead of transitioning to English as the kids get older, it really will be that they're maintaining their Spanish home language and 
just adding in that English on top of it. So more of dual language from the start, from kindergarten, beginning in kindergarten, all the way through fifth grade. And hopefully as we move forward, working out what our, what dual language can look like then at the middle school and high school for our students as well. And that's kind of like long story short of what bilingual education looks like in unit five. Some very unique and great programs at the middle school and high school for our ESL students, including a newcomer program for students who have recently moved to the United States from other countries. My day as bilingual special education teacher is busy, but I wouldn't have it any other way. I love it that way. I need to support students kindergarten through fifth grade in an elementary building. So I bounce around to each of those bilingual classrooms, making sure students who are duly identified as needing special education support, as well as their bilingual um, language services, that they have all of their needs met, including their academic, social, emotional lessons to be successful. A little bit of my time is supporting in their bilingual classrooms, providing accommodations, providing instruction in small groups is a lot of uh, the other part of the day too. Last year, I had the unique privilege to begin a new program, our bilingual instructional program. And so previously, students who were requiring more academic support in a more self-contained special education classroom would have to leave our bilingual program to attend a different school and then forego their bilingual language services. And we really didn't like losing these students. It was terrible to have to transition them as well as having parents have to choose between special education services or language services. We are fortunate now that we have this programming in our school so students can remain with their school community in their bilingual classrooms. And I'm able to offer for third through fifth grade students, it was our first year last year, pretty much for half the day, we had our own classroom so that they could receive that self-contained special ed programming or where we had more small groups and instruction was more at their level, I was able to tailor it to their needs. And it was a year of growth. We made it through it together and there were many growing pains, but so much joy too. That's great. How many languages do you typically see in a year from students? So being that I'm at Cedar Ridge, we host our bilingual Spanish program. So I'm primarily working with students who speak Spanish. They are from varying countries and cultures, which is great, but we do primarily see Spanish. We do have other languages in the building. I know we have some students who speak French or Hindi, Telugu. So in our building, we're a little bit limited, but across the district, I forget the statistic, but we have a large number of languages spoken in Unit 5. That's so cool. Switching gears a little bit, can you tell us about your experience as the 2022 Illinois East Central Teacher of the Year? Yes. So I could have never imagined such an honor for myself as a teacher. Um, And being honest, I wanted to shy away from that extra attention at first because I felt like an imposter. Like, (laughs) why am I being awarded this label or this, this celebration? Because really, I feel that I am a teacher from the other teachers that I've got to experience, the other support staff, the administrators that have surrounded me and inspired me to do what I do. So to say that I was this teacher of the year, in quotes, (laughs) felt a little bit undeserving. 
because how could I be better than those who made me, that those who gave me the tools that to be the teacher that I am and continue to grow to be. But then someone said to me, just think of the recognition a little bit to think of it that you're representing all of those amazing educators that are surrounding you. And I was really moved by that and, and moved forward with that thing. So I needed to share the awesomeness that I found at Cedar Ridge and with others across the state because that awesomeness deserved to be recognized. So I moved forward with that train of thought. And really that essential teacher of the year label led me to some other opportunities that I would have never considered or really even probably never heard of. So for example, uh, last school year as well, I was a teaching policy fellow for Teach Plus Illinois. And with that, I was able to learn more about educational policy, how it gets formed, promoted, written, passed, all of this stuff. And I was really provided some invaluable training on how to advocate for equitable actions across our educational system. So I was organized into a working group through Teach Plus, and we dove into literacy policy and promoted the passage of SB 2243, which really is to have the Illinois State Board of Education adopt a comprehensive literacy plan. So it's awaiting the governor's signature, but the literacy plan has been drafted already. There will be listening tours so that the State Board of Ed can get feedback on the literacy plan and make changes before it becomes official. Wonderful. I've actually had the privilege to be a part of the writing team for the letters. Oh, awesome. so it's fun to make that connection and see how it starts from a, an idea yeah. to actual enacted policy. So yes, we're hoping it'll be a great opportunity to increase that access to quality literacy throughout the state for everyone. So that's, that's really exciting. I'm really we'll excited about that. And about I'm glad that to meet answer. you and know that connection as well. That's great. That's only awesome. been a rewarding experience for me. So that's exciting. And I can imagine. Sounds, um, from what we know, you certainly are deserving of the award and glad to see that, you know, you've recognized your team, but also been able to use that platform to move forward to help all students in Illinois. So thank you. And then finally, as you think about people, you know, we're experiencing a teacher shortage. So what advice if someone is thinking about becoming a teacher or interested in dipping their toe in the field, you know, you and I both share parents that are teachers and that's where a lot of that experience came from. So what would you tell someone who's thinking about being a teacher? So I I have two pieces of advice. They're nothing groundbreaking, I can't say, but really what I feel the first thing that helps you as a teacher is to find your tribe. Find the group of people, one, two, three, that you know you can go to for advice, for materials, for resources, to cry, to vent, to to make copies with, to get a cup of coffee with, whatever, to find that those people or that person that you know you can rely on because they help you through. Uh, we all need each other. We need to know that someone is in this with me. I'm not alone and I can do hard things and I can push through because I won't say that it's easy. I won't say that it doesn't take a large amount of time because it does, but it is so rewarding in the end when your work is fulfilled and seen through the eyes of the students and what they're able to accomplish. So that is something too, to, to stick with it, to see the fruits of your labor, to see the reward. Because while the days can be long and hard, <laughs> That when you see that light bulb click for a student or their eyes light up or they're sharing what they learned, it is all the reward. So, um, and then I guess another piece of advice is just kind of tying it back to what I just said is just to keep moving forward, but one step at a time. 
You can't tackle it all. There's always going to be work (laughs) that needs to be done. The to-do list is never ending, but if you just take it one step at a time and keep moving forward, you will be really that the relationships you make with the students is the most important and will be what they remember the most. So, you know, if you don't get to that paper that you had planned to copy or the booklets you were hoping to make, (laughs) making that relationship with the students and, and doing what you can one step at a time will really go along. That is excellent advice. And it is a very rewarding career. You're right. It's hard work, but it's fun to see how our students grow. And even I've been in it long enough now that some of some of my students are, you know, quite the adults and it's fun to see how they've turned out in their lives. And so, yes, that relationship is so key. Thank you for joining us for another episode of ROE 17 pod. To learn more about ROE 17, please visit www.roe17.org or follow us on our social media channels. ROE 17 pod is produced and edited by Victoria Padilla. We hope that you join us for our next episode.